this is Matt from the Man Cave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, guys. What's your daily devotion for what? September the 9th. Oh, I was going to grab that guy's right out of the air. I mean, I was just going to watch. But I didn't. I mean, so let's not brag. I mean, honestly, okay? That's a free one today. Hey, guys, today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 32, 33, and you're like, oh, no, don't all know me. That's some good stuff. Let me tell you what's going on. Moses, okay, he's on the mountain. What's he doing up there, okay? He's fasting, okay, not eating, not drinking, okay? 40 days, 40 in the Bible means what? Means testing, okay? God, at the end of the 40 days or somewhere towards the latter end of the 40 days, God gives him the Ten Commandments, okay? God's giving Moses. Okay, Ten Commandments. Okay, it says they were written with the finger of God. Oh my goodness. What are the Ten Commandments? Well, when we start to read and understand the Bible, it's a covenant. It, yeah, we know that, but what is it? It's a marriage covenant. Okay, th th these are basically the guidelines, okay, that Christ, okay, is going to be the groom, okay, and the church is going to be the bride, but God is what? He's God over us, okay? And, and when we understand that, that these are the regula these are kind of the guidelines for you and I. God is saying, hey, let me just give you 10 to start with, okay? First one is what? Have no other gods before me. And we're not camping out here. We're not pulling out the Coleman tent here. We're not bringing out the lanterns or anything. But, but, but when you start to look at them in relationship to not the law, but understand the Ten Commandments as love, if you will just kind of hearken unto these things, these will protect you and they'll safeguard you. See, I, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it is the law of God, but if we will understand those as more of a marriage vow between Israel and their new God, and they've just come up to what? His mountain, and, and God, and they really don't know God, and so God is what? What is He doing? God is just kind of presenting Himself to them very slowly, delicately, gently. He's showing the miracles, okay, with the dividing of the Red Sea. He showed the plagues in Egypt where He's demonstrating His power, who He is, what He is, okay? And, and so they're starting to learn. I mean, this is just like Theology 101. It's just like Sunday school. For, for Israel, because they really don't know God. It's been 400 years. They heard about him, but they don't know him. So now they're experiencing him and everything that they're going through in the desert, okay, is preparing them, okay, to who God is. It's building what? A relationship. But that, that's what all a marriage is. Okay, so God gives them the Ten Commandments, but then he says this, go back down the mountain, okay? They're acting very foolishly, okay? So Moses comes back down the mountain. What does he find them doing? Listen, they're cheating on God. And what do you mean? What do you mean? They're cheating on God. They're having an adulterous affair on God. If Moses went up to get the marriage vows and he's coming back down, he finds them what? With a golden calf. They're having orgies. They're dancing. They're cutting themselves. Okay, what they've done is, is they've, they, they've left Egypt, but they brought Egypt with them. They're still doing some of the rituals and some of the things and the practices that the Egyptians were doing. They're, in, they're compromising and they're incorporating the gods. Okay, because you have to realize when we're in Egypt, there's many gods, but none of those was the one true God. Okay, but now they've been pulled out of Egypt, but God hasn't pulled Egypt out of them. So what happens? Moses grabs what? The Ten Commandments, both copies. Okay, what is that? It's a marriage contract. Slams them down, busts them to pieces. He's angry. He, he, you know, he goes to Aaron. What gives Aaron? You know what I'm saying? You know what Aaron says? Uh, we threw a bunch of gold into the fire and out jumped this calf. You know what I'm saying? I had nothing to do with it. Yet we know that Aaron is the one that actually made this calf, okay, for them to worship. What's going on there? They've committed 
adultery. They've had an affair on Almighty God. It's the honeymoon still. you got to realize, they just came out of Egypt. If this was a picture of marriage, this is the honeymoon. And can you imagine you just got married, and your third night at the resort, okay, you find your wife in bed with another man? That's what just took place here, okay? So, I won't go into that whole story of what takes place. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but Moses is admirable, okay? He stands as a mediator between them and God, okay? You know, there's some guys out there like, Matt, give us the gory details of what happened to those idolaters. Okay, okay, listen, listen, listen. They're all dead. Are you with me? Okay, God dealt with them in his own manner. Brings us to our text of the day, okay? It's in Exodus, okay? 33 verse 15, okay? Moses and God are speaking face to face. Are you with me? Listen to this. Then he said to him, Moses is talking to God. If your presence does not go up with us, do not bring us up from here. And you're like, well, what's going on? God basically says, hey, you can go to the promised land, but if I hang out with you, my anger might flare out and I might just destroy every last one of them. I might just annihilate them for what they just did. I mean, God is mad. God is angry. God's gone through all this work. He showed a miracle after miracle after miracle. He showed a miracle after miracle, okay? He showed them that the plagues, okay? And the tenth plague was the death angel and all the firstborn died, okay? And then it's the, the, the cloud by day, the fire by night, okay? The, the Red Sea parts, okay? They get to a well, they're thirsty, okay? The water bitter. And here's the thing, there's a miracle there where the water became sweet and it's just miracle after miracle after miracle 40 days later they find themselves watch this at God's mountain Mount Sinai Mount Horeb okay and you know what I'm saying and this is what's taking place this is the honeymoon and God's basically saying I'm not going with you I'll tell you what I'll do this is what God's saying I'll send my angel with you, Moses, and the Israelites, okay? He will make sure that uh, you can get into the promised land. He'll protect you. He will go before you. He will make sure that you have victory in all the different cities that I'm sending you in. But I'm not going. My presence is not going. But I'll send an angel with you to make sure that you get what you want. You know, it's all about what? That? Yeah, me, myself, and I? Yeah, go ahead. Take the houses. Take the land flowing with milk and honey. You just won't have me. Watch this very carefully. Moses says this. No. And you're like, what? Moses says, no. If you're not coming with me, God, I'm not going. You see what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Blot my name out of the Lamb's book of life. Okay? Pardon these people, but we need you. We need your presence. We just don't need success. We just don't need houses. We just don't need food. We just don't need clothing. God. We need your presence with us. We just don't need success. Okay, watch this. We don't, that's what the world's offering. We want you. But do you want to know something? There are so many Christians who have took God up on the offer. They went forward with the angel. But they don't have God's presence in their life daily. Guys, watch this very carefully. Many people choose money or accomplishments or prestige over the relationship with God. That's what matters to them in life. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. Every single day, you bear witness to what I just said in your life is absolutely true. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have chosen the things of this world, the success over this world, man's favor, man's opinion. is you've compromised. You've compromised and you've justified it because you're a Christian. 
I mean, you said the right words, right? You got baptized. You go to church sometimes. And you're not real dedicated to God. But when, when someone around you talks about God, you're, you're right there. You know how to, oh, yes, 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 yes. You're playing the game. I mean, you really are. I mean, you, you know, you hope, when, you hope, you don't know. Because your relationship isn't where it needs to be. You hope when you die that you go to heaven, but you don't have any certainty in it because you don't talk to God on a daily basis. Yes, you are receiving privileges from God. His, his blessings, somewhat, not fully. Okay, uh, his protection. Okay, the angel is going with you. Okay, and so God is safeguarding you because you are a child of God. You just don't have all of God. You sold out. Look at me. You sold out. Moses didn't sell out, baby. Angel was offered to the Israelites to guarantee them success. Because they knew without the angel, without God, they were going to crash and burn. It's the same with you and I. You know what I'm saying? It is God's mercy and grace that he even sends us that angel, that provision, that protection, okay? But we're not really interested in God himself. We're still interested in the money, aren't we? I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the money. I mean, the, 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 the nicest house on the block, the cars. I mean, all that this world has to offer. That's really what we want. I mean, God's just, a, like I always say, he's just the croutons on the big gigantic chef salad, okay? I could take him or I could leave him, okay? That is the church of Laodicea, and that is a lot of people's lives, of the people I know. And I hold dearly as friends. They've chosen the way of Balaam and Balak. They've chosen the way of the world. And here's the thing. They don't have a relationship with God. God's presence isn't manifest in their life. They took God on the offer when he says, I'll send my angel, but you won't have all of me. They said, well, that sounds good enough. I want you to listen to this. Israelites' experience here in the story, okay, represents one thing for you and I, okay, that great accomplishments, a lot of money, a really good life doesn't mean that you have all of God, that you have God's presence, that you're experiencing the all that God wanted to give you originally. It just means that the angel went forth with you, okay? And God is a God of love, mercy, and grace. But you left God hanging. You know what I like? Moses concluded. He understood. I mean, he got a hold of this, that success and great riches, okay, and fame and honor is nothing in compare to a relationship with Almighty God. Your, your relationship with God should be what matters the most, but oftentimes it's the least important thing to you and I. It, Moses, he was wise. He was raised in Egypt, so he was, he was a part of the glitz and the glamour. He was a part of the money. He understood all the glory. I mean, he understood it better than anyone that was there that day. But he understood this one concept, that all that can be taken away like that. You have to realize that Moses, he had it all. He, he, was, he was discontent what was what was going on. He didn't understand all that God's plan was for him, okay? But he tried to take matters into his own hands early on, okay, the first 40 years of his life. And he, and he sees this Egyptian beating this Israelite slave. And so he takes his sword and he basically chops him down. He kills someone, okay? And he finds himself on the opposite favor of Pharaoh that quickly where he's having to run, okay? So all that you have can be taken away like that. You see what I'm saying? But guess what? When you have a relationship with God and it's on the solid foundation and that you've chosen the hard way, you've chosen the road less traveled, okay? You haven't chosen the world and its false gods and the money and the prestige, okay, over your relationship with God, meaning you put God first in every area of your life. What am I saying? You sold out to God fully and you held to those convictions. You're a man or a woman of integrity. The world has no hold on you, but the world has such a hold on that person, okay, who has forsaken God, who is just still trying to accomplish the things of the world with the angel, with God's mercy and grace and love, but they're not experiencing God's presence. They missed out on the greatest gift of life, the greatest treasure that could ever be offered. They turned for this stuff 
Friends, it would be different. Honestly, can I shoot straight with you? If, if you and I were going to live a thousand years, I, I, I could see the temptation would be more. Okay, everything I gained in the first 200 years, I can enjoy for the last 800 years. But it's not like that, guys. As Moses understood his security was with God. He was the securest and the happiest, and he felt the fullest when he was with God. I meet an awful lot of people, guys. They're so empty on the inside, it's not even funny. They are, they are so empty on the inside, okay? And their decisions are so based, uh, okay, upon this world and, and what's best for them. And, and they're so carnal, but they don't see it. What happened? There was a time in their life where God wanted something from them. And they decide, hey, I'll just, I'll just go this way with the angel. Um, you go your way. You do your thing. I'll, we'll hook up later when I die. We'll hook up later. And that's how they've been living ever since. But when they did that, guess what? That angel's not going to fulfill their heart. There's an emptiness inside. And, and our churches, look, at our churches are filled with these people who are just miserable. They're just so, they're so angry. They, they're so bitter. They're so empty. They're so, they don't have any love to give anyone. They are just, they're just lost. I mean, they're just like puppies that are looking up at their owner. Are you ever going to feed me, okay? And here's the thing. It was by their own decisions and their own choices. They forsook God. They wanted the gods of this world and the things of this world and the money of this world. And Satan's played this game with them. And I'm not saying that they're lost because many of them aren't lost. They, they've just lost their way. They've forsaken God. They wanted paper more than they wanted the Creator. Oh my goodness, is that not crazy? They wanted to serve the God of mammon, of paper. I think I need to just spell it out for you, okay? The most precious thing in life is God. That's it. And you're like, whoa, whoa, man. The most precious thing in life, it isn't the things of life. It isn't the accumulation of things in life. It is God Himself. I, I, I mean, if heaven was nothing more than God Himself, that is the greatest reward. I, will, I wonder if, if you were Moses, and God came up to you, and, and He said this, Hey, I want you to go ahead to the Promised Land. I'm going to give you houses, vineyards. I'm going to give you every desire of your heart, okay? I'm not going to be with you. What would the answer be? And let me ask you this. That's not really the question. What have you already answered? I mean, because you've already made that decision. I mean, if you look over your life, you know where you are with God and where you're not where with God, okay? You know on a daily basis, if He's Lord of your life, Master of your life, you understand in your heart of hearts whether He is the most precious thing to you or not. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? Is He everything to you? Or is the world crowded in on that? Because if the world's crowded in on that, you, that, that, that deems the decision you made was, hey, I want to go to the promised land, and, and if you're only going to send an angel, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Meaning you're just going to protect me and make sure I have success and make sure that I have all the money and all the food that I need. That would be good. You know, you know what I'm saying? I know there's probably someone out there is saying this, hey, Matt, what are the benefits? I mean, honestly, why don't you spill it out for me, okay? Put the cookies on the bottom shelf. What are the benefits, okay, of doing it God's way, okay, and, and serving and making Him everything in my life? You always are fulfilled in life. You're never asking the question, is there more? I, I mean, how many people do I know that what, what, what man would consider they've hit the highest pinnacle, but they're empty, and they're like, they're always asking this, is there more? Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not, you know, enough is not enough. Good is not good enough. Are you, are you with me? You always feel satisfied. You always feel full. You have a peace. Watch this. And I can't describe it to you if you don't have it. That just surpasses all understanding. It's like you grabbed a stick of butter and you put it in the microwave and you just melted it. That's how you feel in the presence of God. You feel God. 
himself. God himself imparts himself to you. Moses, when he was on the mountain, he said this. He says, I want to see your glory. And, and God says, no, no, you can't see my glory. And Moses says, I want to see your glory. I, I want to know you as you really are. See, that's what I'm talking about. G God's sharing something with you that you're not going to find anywhere else, especially in a place of compromise. Okay, and God says this to Moses. He says, I'll tell you what. Place yourself in that cleft in, in, between those two rocks. I'm going to show my glory, but only the backside of me. And when I come by, I'm going to put my hand over you because i got to protect you because you can't see me in my full glory or you'll die. God comes upon him. Watch this. When he comes down off the mountain again, he's glowing. He's glowing with the glory of Almighty God. What does he do? He picks up a pen and he writes the first five books. Okay, was he there in Genesis with Adam and Eve? No, but God imparted himself into Moses where Moses is now able to just write it down just like it experienced it in his own life, just like he was there. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no greater reward and no greater blessing, okay, and no greater treasure than God himself, okay, in his presence going with you. And some of you are going through life and you think that your successes and your money and your bank account and your influence you have it all you have nothing if you compromise and you left God somewhere else in life because you traded off okay do you know God I mean I'm not talking about you read the Bible I'm not talking about what you learned at church or what you heard someone else said I, I, I'm talking about you I'm talking about you listening to this in the man cave do you know God do you actually know him do you talk to God and God talks to you he says this my sheep those who belong to me will hear my voice I'm going to talk to them. Or again, had you gone off and just decided success was enough? You know what I'm saying? You, you kind of stepped outside of the umbrella. You don't understand the spiritual things. You, don't, you, you can't think and put two and two together spiritually. You know what I'm saying? You're always trying to do everything in and of yourself and your own resources. You're not consulting God. You're consulting yourself. You're the God of your own life, okay? Do you know God? Friends, let me ask you a question. How long are you going to do this? How, how long are you going to play this charade? How, how long are you going to continue playing the world game, playing Satan's game, the game that Satan is dealing to you, and you're just gobbling it up, and you think you're holding all the cards? Satan keeps on throwing a hand, and Satan's going like this. Oh, my goodness. Royal flesh again. My goodness. Just laughing at you, okay? Because here's the thing. What's the pot? Let's say the pot was $100,000. Oh, my goodness. You won again? Man, you're good, okay? Here's the thing. $100,000 in comparison to God? I, I love the verse in the Bible where the guy pees on the wall. That's equivalent to what it is. Friends, there's nothing equivalent to God. Nothing. No amount of money. When the streets are made of gold in heaven, that's going to show you that God's not a cheapskate, okay? But you've been selling yourself out like a whore, okay? For the lowest bidder, which is always Satan, because he knows exactly what your price is. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to be someone's whore? Are you going to be a prostitute? Is Satan laughing at you right now? Is Satan using your life and your greediness and your drive for money and success in this life, excluding God, and he's bringing that before the throne room of Almighty God daily? And you're, you, But yet you call yourself his? Uh, yeah, I'm a child of God, meaning you really want to go to heaven when you die. I mean, that really is all that really matters to you, okay? Throw a cup of bob into the, into the plate on Sunday, okay, whenever you show up, okay? Oh, you can quote a few verses, okay, but you don't see that Bible as a love letter from Almighty God, and you don't, uh, uh, you don't appreciate the blood of Jesus Christ because you don't really think you're that bad. See, you're never going to appreciate the blood of Christ until you really recognize yourself as the sinner that you are and how 
wretched and the depravity that you're living in daily. You are darkness. You are evil outside of Christ and outside of the blood. That's what the Bible says, not what Matt says. Okay, well, I'm okay. Yeah, so many people, they think they're okay until they close their eyes in this life and they open their eyes in where? And hellfire. And friends, I tell you what, they were outside of the fold. They weren't even with God. Excuse me, let me clarify. Uh, they were with the false god of this world, which was Satan. And that's the god that they served all of their lives. What are you going to do from this day forward? Who are you going forward with from this day forward? What are you going to do? This is Matt from the Man Cave.